Welcome in to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, I'm going to tell you, I know we're going to talk about a little bit of everything with our guest today, but you know how sometimes you just get to the point where you say, I need something? Yes. I, yes. I, I, I need something. And today, we need the funniest man in America. We need to spend time chatting with James Gregory. And so the funniest man in America, James Gregory, joins us now. James. James, what's up? Well, hello. How, is, how are you? Well, James, I mean, what, you guys, what a year. Are you guys feeling as good as I feel? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're referring, James, to COVID-19, the election, uh, wintertime. I don't know. What, what are you, which point are you talking about? Well, look, I feel good. I'm only two payments behind my double wide. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't, you know, come around. I haven't been repossessed, so I'm in great shape. Uh, James, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, uh, you, you have, uh, you've overcome a lot in your life, but when you think about, and, and Bubba and I've talked about this, when your way to make a living involves people gathering in rooms and sitting by each other and laughing, um, and then all of a sudden you hear, don't gather, don't sit by each other, and don't throw spit anywhere. I mean that that uh, that, that kind of went right in the uh, in the in the face of what you do for a living. I know. I wish, in retrospect, that I had gotten a job at a supermarket. You know, because those are essential people that right. need those people. They really don't need us. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I think that's up for debate. I think we all need a good laugh right now. Oh. Back to what oh, I think we do too. About. I talk uh, about. And the definition of what they call essential workers, you know. Right. So yeah, it, that's it, how come some of the theaters are shut down, but the car wash is still open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out the rhyme or reason on who's open and who's closed and what you can and can't do. It. Uh, we've talked about that a lot on the show, and and we have you brought up one of them. Apparently, there there's something miraculous going on with the grocery store setup. Well, it must be. Also, depending on where you live, it depends on which dictator is in charge of your city. <laughs> yeah, James, we've talked about it, too. I, I don't know who runs Home Depot and Lowe's, but apparently they are able to function without shutting down. I want to put them in charge of everything. Right. And keep this in mind, when all this started a few months ago, the liquor store has never shut down. Yeah. Uh, where I live, I go to the car wash at least once a week. But the car wash was shut down, and the liquor store was open. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember going to the car wash the first time because we had one near our house, and I and I I was like you, I was like, I want to get this straight. You're terrified to take a vacuum cleaner inside my car that I'm the only person who I'm, I'm about to get out of it, and you don't you can't get a vacuum cleaner into my car and vacuum up the the, the rugs and the carpet. But now, if I needed to come in and get a bottle of Jack Daniels, you would hand it to me from your hand to mine. <laughs> See, that's the that's the that's the aggravation, that's the frustration. You know, you know, if it was such a serious issue, you could almost do a comedy routine about this. <laughs> well, James, there there is definitely now the shows that I have performed, it. by the way, yeah. over the past few months. When I hit that stage, I never mention anything related to current events. I don't mention COVID-19. I don't mention anything about it at all. You know, because my idea is, and my opinion is, the people are willing to show up to to see a show 
to enjoy themselves. So they hear the news 24 hours a day. So when they get to that auditorium or that civic center or that theater, I don't think they want to hear more information about what was on the news. I think they want to get away from the news for a while. So I just don't mention those subjects on stage. You know, I I have to say, um, I agree with you. I didn't think I would get there because I do think uh, that the future of our country is, is extremely important. And I do think that when a virus is out of control and destroying the economy, uh, people's a way to make a living and, and ultimately people's lives, even if they survive it, uh, how sick that a lot of people are getting. I know those things are important, but I have to say, James, to your greater point, I have gotten to the point where I, I don't sit down and say, I got to be updated. I got to consume more of it. I really need less of it. That's the way I feel. That's exactly the way I feel. You know, I when I get up in the morning, I check the news for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then late at night, I check the news for another 10 to 15 minutes. But during the day, I've got other things I could be doing. I'm not consumed to cable news, all the news, because they just repeat the same thing 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, we we could yeah. use an update on some of these stories. I mean, well, it, you know, right. that used to be what we went to our sports for to get away from things, and now it's become political too. So it's uh, James. I agree. Right. We just we just need a break, and right. uh, and you've got you've got so many good stories that are proven over the years. What a pleasure it must be to get out and just have a good laugh with you. Yep. Oh, it is. And since this started back in March, I have never canceled the show. Now, the venues have canceled my show. Right. But I've never said, look, I'm going to cancel the shows. Now, they shut us down because most of the shows that I do are in theaters and civic centers. And those are controlled by the city, the county, or the state. So they shut those down. But as soon as they open those up, and I started going back to some of the comedy clubs at 50% capacity, uh, the doctors that I go to, I see my cardiologist every three months, my physician every six months, and they think I'm insane to even be out there doing it because I'm in that high-risk category, right. you know? Right. And I said, well, hell, uh, you know, I'm going to do what I do, you know. I'm going to do what I do because you can't just give up. You can't just sit down and stare at the wall. You just can't. At least I can't, you know. So I'm as careful as I can be. I take all the precautions I can. But I'm going to go on with my life to the best of my ability. James, do you find it hard to tell jokes with a mask on? (laughs) I don't wear a mask on stage. I had a feeling you didn't. I I wear a mask right through the audience. I got that mask on. I hit the stage. I take the mask off. Matter of fact, though, Bubba, you know, I noticed that when I got the mask on, I'm better looking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that explains. I look real good. Yeah, that, that explains. My wife seems to keep saying, "No, no, keep the mask on." Yeah, 
Well, it's, it, is, it is almost comical to see some of the people on TV trying to do news reports and they have their mask on, and you can't understand them. It sounds like you know, they're talking through a wet blanket. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like you Did say, you, ever- you do what you can, but we got to move on. I think we're all were, were brought up in families that just didn't allow you to, to give up and, and stay at home. you gotta, you got to find a workaround somehow. Look, it's our first pandemic. We're learning as we go, right? Right, right. And it's like anything else. Is I thought about having the mask would get different colors, <laughs> so I coordinate the color. Right, right. You know, where the mask matches the shirt, maybe get a blue and a brown. Right. You know, no, just get with it. I'm, I may start wearing it on stage. <laughs> no, I, I mean James. I, you know, and you will love this because I know you're a capitalist just like we are. Um, and and we've openly talked about this, and we don't apologize for that. Capitalism has produced the highest standard of living in the history of the world, and right. uh, and so we when we first started out because we were raised a lot like you, I was just like anti the mask. I'm like I'm not I'm not going to I'll do what I'm supposed to do as a good citizen. I, but you know we kept bubble saying Rick, we need to be selling masks. We need to be selling masks. I'm like I, I can't imagine the Rick and Bubba store having a doggone mask in it. And then the first time my wife came home with different packets of just what you said, of, right. of, of masks that match different outfits. And had little beads <laughs> and little sequins on yeah. them and all that. I came back I came back, and I told Bub, I said, if people are going to buy masks, they might as well buy them for us. So, so, so now we have Rick and Bubba masks, and by golly, if you want them, you can go get them. And see, I thought, sometimes I think an attitude is based on your age, how long you've been alive, how right. long you've seen the world. Right. You know, uh, I didn't think I would live long enough to be at a point where you can walk into a bank with a mask on and not get shot. Right. No, James, they have a sign at the door that says, put a mask on before you come in. Yeah, they, you said, you, didn't that sign used to say the opposite? Do not remove, come in. It said, remove our, mask. The one at my, at my location said, remove your hat and sunglasses before you come in. Now it says, put on a mask before you come yeah, in. Yeah, what, what's next? Put on your mask and be sure we can see your pistol? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're living we're living in, uh, in, in bizarre times. We'll continue to talk with James Gregory. I mean, like you said, James is out there. We'll tell you some places. If you're looking for a laugh, you can go and see James. We'll talk to him about what it's like to play, uh, you know, in, in these rooms with the different COVID restrictions and and all that. When we continue with James Gregory on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so I, I will go ahead and break this to you, Bubba, and and, and I think you found this out. Tell it. Uh, the odds are, if you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, and that would include you and me, uh, unless you've already used Gabby.com. You are most likely paying more for your automobile insurance and your homeowner's insurance than you have to. Now, I'm not asking you to get less coverage. We're, we're not. We're not talking about that. But why pay more when you don't have right. to? Right, and and I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I mean, I pretty much started with the insurance agency that mom and daddy used. Yeah, yeah, that's who you knew. Who uh, you're comfortable right. with? You know, hey, I started driving. They told me I needed car insurance. Hey, go see. Hey, go down there and see Turkey, and let <laughs> let, let him get in insurance on that car. And and that's what that really is his name. No, that really was his nickname. So so here here and, and so there's nothing. I, I understand that. However, why in the world would you not want to save money if if you had the same coverage? And 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 in, and in order to know that, Gabby.com sets it up, and you'll go there to Gabby.com. You'll put in your insurance information. They don't charge you anything for this. Okay, it's Gabby.com. You want to do the slash Rick Bubba uh, to get the deal that we have. 
Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash Rick Bubba. And then, boom, they're going to give you 40 other insurance companies, and all the big names will be represented there, a Progressive and Nationwide and Travelers and, and all these, State Farm. And, and then you'll look at the coverage you have, exactly the same, and you'll see if one of these companies would charge you less, less for the exact same coverage. What does it hurt to just go look? Right, and, and we're averaging savings right now, $961 on average uh, that people are saving. And then if you look and see your insurance company actually gives you the best rate, well, that's that's peace of mind too. Uh, so you're probably overpaying right now on car and homeowners. homeowners. So it's totally free to check it, no obligation. Go to gabi.com slash rickbubba, gabi.com slash rickbubba. We are talking with the funniest man in America, James Gregory, on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, James, you said that you were not going to cancel any comedy dates now cities canceled them for you uh but but now there are people i'm looking here december 11th and 12th comedy catch at the choo-choo in chattanooga tennessee december yes, 18th tomorrow yeah december 18th you're in you're in dublin georgia at theater dublin the 19th pickens county performing arts center uh and then january 29th and 30 the the peace center in greenville south carolina so if i'm going to to one of these uh, does it vary city to city on on you know the limit of the crowd and and how it all works? How, how does it all lay out? Well, just uh, all those shows you just mentioned, I'm scheduled to be there. I will show up. They have not canceled any of those. James, when they go to fifty yeah. percent uh, of the crowd, how, how have the crowds been? Are they are they? Very happy to be there. I mean, I, I oh, know you, absolutely. you You always absolutely. bring the house down. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how happy they seem to be to be there laughing, enjoying themselves. And what we've done in the past few months on some of the theaters that we've been to already, the ones that were 50% capacity, like in Sumter, South Carolina recently, it's limited to just half the normal capacity. Mm-hmm. And we usually sell out the shows way ahead of time. Thank goodness. Yeah. And those shows were sold out before the pandemic started. So what I did, and they agreed to this, we did two shows in one night. We had the show scheduled for 7.30 p.m. And we did a matinee at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So you're doing twice the work and twice the show for the same number of people. But here's something very interesting, guys. Not one person out of those 500 people canceled their ticket. Uh-oh. Not a single person asked for a refund. All the 500 people. And that's the capacity. They showed up. They give you an example of how anxious folks are to get back to real life. Oh, I bet. I hope that's not them calling to cancel yeah, right well, now. Yeah, that might be another. We yeah. may have just got you another job. <laughs> they're, they're calling They're calling the house right now. <laughs> James, let you me ask phone, you this. That phone call you heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James, you, you that's obviously. Not I told you, that's, that's usually a creditor. <laughs> <laughs> James, we were joking about you wearing a mask earlier, and obviously you don't on stage, but a, a lot of people in the crowd are probably wearing masks. How, how does that affect the feedback to you? Because you, you're used to seeing people laugh. Can you can you see that? Is it different now being on stage? No, I can't tell the difference. I can see some of them. I don't see just the first two or three rows because right. of the lighting. Right. I can't see most of the audience, you know. 
but I have not been able to detect any difference, you know. So when you're looking as far as sound is good, or the response is yeah, because there's an energy that comes with a full house. Uh, you have you have been the kind of uh, entertainer that that is well established. Uh, people, you've got a huge audience everywhere, and of course, those audiences are then introducing new people to you. So what I'm saying is, you've gone through a pretty long period of time as a working comedian that if you go do a show, it's pretty much sold out. So I would think for someone like you, to Bubba's question. Now you go into a room that's half full. Do you, d- does the energy feel different? And you're saying no. Well, the, the energy, I don't think, once, once the show is started, you know, uh, the reason that doesn't affect me, and it's not a negative for me, see, I've been doing this so long that when I first started and no one knew who I was, I did a lot of shows, most of them in comedy clubs, they were half full anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, t- tell us a little so bit about. I, I, I have a lot of experience in working to a half full audience. <laughs> yeah. James, for people who have known you and laughed with you for many, many years, and I know we covered it on the show one day, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people have never heard how you actually got into the comedy business and what you did prior to that. You want me to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Tell us the James Gregory story for somebody that's never heard it. Well, I'll give you a brief version because I could talk all day about that. Uh, as far as me being in the comedy business, I kind of stumbled into this, quite frankly. That's why I was in my 30s when I started. And a lot of people don't realize this, but prior to 1982, there was no such place anywhere below the Mason-Dixon line or even throughout the heartland of America where you could go and see live stand-up comedy. The only place you could see live comedians would have been in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Chicago, or Cleveland. There was no such thing as any venue with strict stand-up comedians on the stage. Nowhere. So in 1982, uh, two gentlemen had the idea to open a comedy club in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a punchline. And they opened the first comedy club in the South. And uh, a year before that, there was a place on North Avenue in Atlanta. It was called the Excelsior Meal. Actually, it was a restaurant. And downstairs, they had like on the weekend like a band and things like that. And the guys who owned that place, they loved comedy and they had a comedy workshop uh, in the basement every Sunday night. Not a comedy club, no professionals, just people who went on stage and had some fun. And I started hanging out there because I love comedy, just been a fan of comedy. And I had friends that dared me to go on stage, and I did. You know, nobody got paid, just something to do. Yeah. Then when the punchline opened up, and they needed an opening act, they needed an MC, a local guy to MC the show, and they hired me. Yeah. And that got my foot in the water, so to speak. And at that time, you know, I still had a job. All the comedians I met at that time 
We all had jobs. We didn't know that comedy were going to turn out to be a career. We didn't know there's going to be more than one comedy club around the country. And then 1983, other clubs started to open, like Bruce Ayers in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah, and the guys in South Carolina, North Carolina. So we could go out of state and do a show. So we all starved to death for the first two or three years, quite frankly. And that's how all that started. Because uh, if that club had not opened in 1982, in my wildest imagination, I would never have thought that I could be a comedian. You know, that thought would not enter my mind. I think I'd go to California and become a comedian. I would not have said, I think I could go to New York and try to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. So instead of me searching out for a place to work, those places came to me. And I've always been grateful for those two guys who had this idea to start a comedy club in Atlanta, Georgia. Without them, I wouldn't be here right now talking to you. I'd be selling something because I was in the sales business before then. And I'd probably be in jail, quite frankly, because we sold things that people didn't need. <laughs> you know? I'm making a joke about that. Well, what, James, what, what, what kind of business what, what kind of business was that? What did you sell? Well, we kept changing it from time to time. I'm so, now, I go back a long way in, in the 1970s. Remember how popular it was to sell encyclopedias? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. See, the, there's, a, there's no internet then. There's nothing, you know, so you could go and sell overpriced encyclopedias <laughs> and overpriced vacuum cleaners. We had to do the vacuum cleaner business for a while. And do you remember the wordless, greaseless cookware? You guys remember any of that? <laughs> it was cookware where you could cook food, wa no water in it, you know. And uh, that's in the night, early 70s. Yeah, yeah. So you you so went we in people's all that stuff. you went in people's homes to sell. You so you talking door to door, yeah, door to door. Some of it was door to door. We had a crew that went door to door, and then we had folks who would come to our our display place mm -hmm. after five p.m. Like husband and wife would come, and we get a sales pitch, and we always uh, gave them some kind of promo gift just to show up to listen to our pitch, you know. And it was what we call high pressure sales. <laughs> and I worked on commission. No, that's why I wasn't afraid to get into the comedy business because I knew that I could figure out a way to make money doing this because I spent 10 years in the sales business with no guaranteed salary, no guaranteed money. It was commission only. Oh yeah. Mm. And that mm. was a great, great thing for me because I've always had a work ethic because I've been working since I was 12 years old. And if you got to work and make a living based on what you earn, yeah. then you get up early, you stay late and you work hard. And I've always done that. And I still do it. Working does not bother me at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think we all took for granted that that would be a, uh, an attribute that would continue to be prominent in, in our society. And, you know, I can't, I can't even wrap my mind around someone who doesn't work, uh, that, that physically, yeah, that, that physically and mentally can, 
it, it boggles the mind that anyone who is physically and mentally capable of working will choose not to work or have no issue with not working. And I also think, too, sometimes it depends on who raised you, who'd you grow up with. Uh, my dad, uh, uneducated gentleman, and my mom, for that matter. Uh, my dad never got past the fourth grade. My mother never got past the third grade. But uh, my father, here's something that he told me and my brother a zillion times when we were growing up. My dad would say, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. Right. And my dad always went to work or he went out looking for work. And I'm my father's son. Yeah. That 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 is something that that we all miss and and, and we used to think that that was a given and and most of the people that you knew when we were growing up had dads that pretty much sent the same message yeah. but but now that that is that is not a given. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on uh, with James Gregory uh, to continue with the story of James Gregory and reflect on uh, you know where we've been and, and trying to figure out where we're going uh, in, in our current state as a country as well. When we come back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so uh, Bubba, let's face it, uh, we uh, we're we're grown men. Uh, we have uh, uh, never worried too much maybe we should have about underwear i mean uh we we've talked about this a lot that, that most men uh you were assigned your underwear by your mother uh and then it just it kept showing up there in that drawer and then that that kind of underwear is just what you kept for the rest of your life and if if you didn't grow any you know once you got a certain size then as long as it still worked, you just keep wearing that underwear until a hole showed up that was unmanageable well tommy john changed all that uh, and, and I will tell you, and Bubba and I both will, firsthand knowledge, if you have not tried Tommy John underwear, uh, how about the, can I tell you, this underwear experience you're having could be better. And you can uh, give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list and yourself with Tommy John uh, men's and women's loungewear. Uh, say goodbye to the old stained sweatpants. Their loungewear is so good, too, just like the underwear. Tommy John loungewear is soft, guaranteed to fit perfectly, uh, as I said, with the same level of comfort and innovation that goes into everything that Tommy John makes. Plus, Tommy John's loungewear pajamas and underwear come in limited edition sets, perfect for gifting. But now keep in mind, there's a lot of demand for these, and they do sell quick. Tommy John's customer favorite hammock pouch underwear uh, that puts a permanent end to uh, the old sticking and chafing. You know, Greg loves to talk about chafing with those of us that have a little size to us. Uh, but uh, with this... A uh, pair of underwear, you won't have that problem. And it is back in stock. This has been hard to get because it's a popular item. So order now. Last time they sold out in six days, so you need to make a move on this. And there's no risk with Tommy John's best pair you ever wear or it's free guarantee. So if you don't think it's the best pair you've ever worn, it's free. Order now. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. We're going to get you $20 off site-wide. Now, that's for a limited time only. Get $20 off for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. The site has all the details. James Gregory uh, is our guest today on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. James, it's so good to visit. We have 
we've missed you because of all the restrictions. You know, you can't have everybody in the studio. We don't have a studio audience. Normally, you've uh, visited with us uh, at least once a year, and, and we haven't had a chance to, to see you. So I, I was happy when Speedy said you could be on the podcast today. So well, good to see pleasure. you. I yeah. miss seeing you guys. I miss seeing all those folks in the radio business over the years. I told people this so many times. I'll be interviewed like a, a journalist or a newspaper guy or some TV guy, and I tell everybody, I mean this seriously, I would not still be in this business today without the radio people like you folks. And not just you folks. I mean, the radio people around the country who were willing to get me in the studio, sometimes for 15 minutes, sometimes for an hour. And I've been doing that for 38 years, going to these radio stations. And these each city I go to, they, they got familiar about me because they heard me on the radio, either by phone or in person over the years. So without the radio guys, I would be in business today. So I appreciate folks like you all. But James, has anybody ever fed you better than us? Ever. Do what? Has anybody fed you food when you were in the studio better than no, us? I tell everybody that. <laughs> uh, and that's true. Dan McGinney, my other comedians, they'll tell you, I've told other studios this. I've told them, you know, Rick and Bubba's got food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, food. It, it, I remember that. I didn't have much. I remember that food. This was several years ago. Maybe you have a you have a uh, audience there most of the time, yeah, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And somebody brought it was homemade <laughs> sweet potato mm-hmm. casserole. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. How can I like forget a, it, James? More like a more like a, not like a casserole, like a cobbler. Oh yeah. We all had peach cobbler and apple cobbler. Oh yeah. This was sweet potato cobbler. Oh yes. When I left there, I was sick. Not because it was bad. It was because I couldn't walk. Yeah. <laughs> I, ate, I, I ate everything there. Yeah. It, I was just stuffed. And I think the next time I saw you guys, I said, where's that lady that had the sweet potato cobbler? I know. You know, but you guys had so much food every time, different food, that I would just leave there stuffed. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember? And I, I will be very careful with this. But because, and I've had people say this about the Rick and Bubba show, and you have you you're an example of this because we, we saw it happen. You get in here, and we have such a good time, and the food adds to that. You do realize that most engineers will not let people eat in the studio, but we've never lived by that. And Bubba's even an engineer by trade, but but we like food more than we like following those rules, and we don't even care if we damage equipment. Okay. <laughs> That's why it was so wonderful. <laughs> well, we try to keep a top on everything, yeah. Rick, except for Speedy, who had a major coffee spill about two weeks but, ago. But one year we were eating a a fried turkey, okay, and we had we had a fried turkey in Rick. here, oh and and, and we were ha- we were. I'm not going to get into what every, the the details of what happened, <laughs> but we all because you forget, and I hear this from guests on our show for years, and and you too. You forget you're doing a show because it really is like fellowshipping with your family, hanging out with your cousins and, and all that. And so we're all eating, which adds to that. And at one point, I don't even think we're all getting up into the mic. We're just eating with the mic somewhere near us, okay? Yeah. And because we, we, we cut it with a hunting knife. Right. You remember, we were just cutting hunks off <laughs> and passing it around. Huh? Yeah. And so well, we're, I was going to bring that up because there's been a couple of times over the years where I made a mistake. 
I said something I should not have said. Correct. I forgot we was on the air. Right, right. right. That's where I'm going. I won't talk about any of the specific moments because one of one of them was a doozy. But uh, but but because we just lose sight of the fact that we're not, exactly. it's like we're out on the deck. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and 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 just kind of talking, or as you would prefer, a porch. porch. Yeah, because yeah, uh, you've made that very clear. You know, our our, <laughs> our our country went down the tubes when we moved kids to a deck off the porch. As a matter of fact, we have exactly. a state of the art digital delay that we use in the studio, and it was all because of James Gregory. This delay that we use, <laughs> we we named it James Gregory. We named. <laughs> And it's not that that James, because comedian wise, he he's clean. He's oh, always yeah. been yeah. clean, and he, he might say a little something your uncle might say, but nothing nasty. But uh, but when we all get to hanging wow. out in here, we there, got to laugh. There's things that work in the comedy club, that, and, and there's conversations that men have sometimes that, and uh, and we and we got to eating the turkey, cutting it with a hunting knife, and kind of forgot about the show. And I remember looking at you, James. I'll never forget it. I said, "Hey, James, we're on the air," and you looked at me and you said, "Well, we better not be." <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a lot of fun anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rick, that and, and the other James memory that I will never forget is the time we went to eat at oh, a well-known, legendary oh, eating yes. place. Oh, we've had so much very fun close to our studio. And and you know what we all had that day? Everything. Everything. They brought yeah. us everything on the meat. They they were big James Gregory fans, and they just kept bringing out plates for him to try. Oh, I remember that. Oh, it, it, I'd rather that. it's almost like I wish you guys wouldn't talk about food right now. I know. <laughs> when we get through with this program today, I'm going to feel so hungry. Oh, yeah. And I've already had food already. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me want to eat again. Yeah. I, I never, I never, you know, we've told this show, this on the air before, and I told some friends of mine this. It really has only been in the last three weeks, uh, maybe four weeks. Uh, and I told the story because they're all big eaters too, just like all of us, and, and enjoy food. As a matter of fact, James, I've had COVID, uh, and and I lost my my taste and smell, but I can still taste the classic dishes because, like I, like I said on the air, I said if a person who appreciates art and looked at some of the great artistic pieces before he went blind, he would still be able to see the pictures because of his devotion to that art even though he lost his sight. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can in my mind, taste the dish that I love even with the taste gone because I recall it in my mind, and then I begin to taste it uh, on my taste buds even though they've been compromised by COVID. So, uh, so It's I, like I can taste Thanksgiving meal right now thinking about dressing. That's it, exactly. Yeah. So I told the, the story uh, when we were at this restaurant that Bubba was talking about, and I know it was probably one of your more proud moments of me, when I found a way for us to order both of the entrees, just make one of them a side. Do you remember that great day? I remember that. You, yeah. you were in a dilemma about whether you were going to get chicken and dumplings <laughs> or, the, or the country fried steak. And I looked at the – you know, and you, you said this on the air. Those of you around the country that don't understand and around the world, there's nothing better to be in an eating place where the, the waitress calls you honey and sugar. If they're calling you honey and baby and sugar, right. you're about to eat really, really well. Yeah. Okay. You know you're so right about that. You're so right about that. Oh, and so yeah. she was like, "Well, honey, we got country fried steak, or we got the dumplings." And you were, and I just saw you freeze because you didn't know. And I said, "Wait just a minute, James." I said, "Hey, could I ask you a question? Could I have the country fried steak as my entree and the dumplings as a side?" 
<laughs> and and she said, "Well, sure, honey. That baby, that that'll be just fine." And your face, I've. It's almost like the first time my dad told me he was proud of me. I've never forgot. You looked at me like, son, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm well talking done. about. That, well that, done. That, that is well done. <laughs> you know, we ate that those day. Are places you never, those are kind of places you never forget. James, I don't know if you remember, when we left, you had to do an interview with somebody, and it was in the back of my truck, I think, Rick, and we were, oh, yeah. we were laughing and, uh, and trying not to, to interrupt you, but we were so full, oh, we couldn't gosh. hardly move. God, it was I, good. It was like Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Well, see, you know, that's a, I, I talk about this on the show sometimes. You know, in recent, let's say the past 20, 25 years, where the word food has become like a bad four letter F word, like food is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is stay away from this, stay away from that, yeah. stay away from white bread, stay away from whole milk, stay away from all that sugar, and don't eat this and don't eat that. And I think that's why people today, generally speaking, are not as happy as previous generations. Right. Because we worry about things we should not worry about. There's some things we should worry about logically. Yeah. But nobody should. What got me on the soapbox years ago was when the the public school system, for example, little children can get in trouble if they show up in school with a cookie right. or brownie yeah. or soft drink yeah. or donut. No sugar allowed right. on school property because yeah. how dangerous it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, and because that, I'm being real nice today, I'm not going to cuss. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know. Now, now, it, it, now it, for hundreds of years, for hundreds of years, <laughs> it was okay for a kid, a kid, to enjoy being a kid. Right. Yeah. Right. You sort of about. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, our we should be embarrassed today. Yeah. We, we should. Here's what. When, when I say embarrassed. Let's say the somebody in the principal's office calls the parent and says, "Miss Jones." You need to get out here. Jason is in trouble again. Oh my God! What did he do now? We found the Tootsie Roll in his locker. <laughs> <laughs> we should be embarrassed. Oh, that explains. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of kid are we raising here? You know. Well, I think we know the answer to that. More with James Gregory. When we come back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, if you've been listening to the Rick and Bubba show this week, Bubba, you know we just gave away a Simply Safe system. That's right. I mean, we just gave one away as part of our, our 12 working days of Christmas. Everyone wants to keep their home and their family safe, whether it's from break-ins, a fire, floods, a medical emergency, God forbid. But, I mean, these things you need to be prepared for. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. Now, now with Simply Safe, uh, you don't get an arsenal uh, of cameras and sensors. That's not all you're going to get. You, you, those come with it. But you're also going to get the best professional monitoring in the business because you can have all this great technology. But if you don't have somebody that's monitoring and doing a good job with that, then all you do, is, all you got is a bunch of equipment. Here's what I love about it: you install it yourself in about 30 minutes. Uh, that you're not going to have any installation. Hey, we'll be by there today. Can somebody be at the house between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m.? Well, no. No, uh, we, I, I yeah. work. Right, so you install it yourself, you design it yourself, 
and and then you're monitored twenty four seven. They got your back day night. They're ready to send police, fire, EMTs, uh, and uh, straight to the door. And, and with the experience you like here with this video verification, you're cutting down on false alarms. Meaning law enforcement will get to your home or your or your business quicker because they can verify that there really is a problem. So right now you get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash Bubba. You get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Bubba for your free security camera today. Simplysafe.com slash Bubba. We're with James Gregory on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. we got about six more minutes uh, together with James. So, so James, um, what, what is, as far as the state of comedy today, uh, it seems like your brand has, has you know, it continues to it's endure, uh, endure yeah. because uh, some of the things that comedians can't do anymore was never part of your, your show anyway, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody has never seen you before, what's your approach to comedy? What, what, what should they expect? Well, they should expect, number one is, to see a show where once you leave the show, once you leave the show, you will be glad you were there. There's some shows that when you leave, you might think, well, that was pretty good, but I didn't like this, I didn't like that. You know, I try to do a show that is suitable for any age people. Most of my work is theater, so a lot of people bring their kids with them. So whether it's an eight-year-old kid or an 18-year-old or an 88-year-old person, they can sit together and enjoy the show. And that's the kind of show I try to give the audience. And it works, and the people are still showing up, thank goodness, and I'm grateful for that. But I think that's what they expect, and I think that's what they pay for. That's what they pay for. They pay for the entertainment. They don't mind buying the ticket, but they want to be entertained and entertained in such a way that they're not embarrassed about it or they don't have to excuse it. They don't have to make excuses for it. You know, there's all types of comedy, and I never criticize other types of comedy or comedians because we're all different. But that's, that's what I do. You know, I want the people to be happy, I want to feel good about it. And I want to stay in business. So I try to please as many people as I can and have as many people percentage-wise as possible to leave and want to come back and see me again. So that's the kind of show it is. James, I know you, you're very selective about who your opening act is. Yeah, there's just three on my list right now. That's the only ones I deal with. Well, I was going to ask you because we, you know, we've got to know them over the years as they come to town with you. How, how are those guys doing? Well, they're hanging out. You know, <laughs> there's uh, three of them. You know, I use uh, Stephen Gola a lot. You know, when he's available, he's usually available. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan McGinney, Dan McGinney, you know, uh, He's become so wealthy. He made so much money working on the cruise ships. He don't need me too often. <laughs> but I use Dan every chance I can. And then occasionally Vinnie Coppola. They're all Italians for some reason. You know, so. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've noticed that trend over the years. You know, uh, is that did that just happen, or is that, are they just funny? Right. Well, they are they are funny, but uh, I have to trust them, and they all none of them are originally from here. Like Stephen Gola, for example, was originally from New York City. Yeah, and Benny Coppola grew up in Miami, Florida. His parents still live in Miami, but their parents came there from New York. So I've always been afraid that these people are mafia. They're right. the mafia. Yeah. Right. So I'd rather just hire these guys than to have to hire somebody else to start my car before I get in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cheaper that way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so... Some guy from New York hit me on the phone and said, yeah, is, is Vinny still working? Oh, yes, sir. He's still working. <laughs> yes, sir. You, you're still taking, uh, you're still taking uh, Vinny out, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. Got some new dates I'm calling him about today. Uh, well, if you want to see James Gregory, uh, first of all, it's you can go to his website. I mean, funniestman.com. All, all that information is there, but but I mean, we got the comedy catch uh, coming up this weekend. If you're you're here in Rick and Bubba University, uh, uh, I, I don't know if there's any tickets available, but he's at the the Choo Choo in in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the comedy catch there, uh, and then uh, Dublin, Georgia, on the 18th of December, Pickens County Performing Arts Center on the 19th, and then uh, Greenville, South Carolina, the Peace Center. He'll be there at that theater coming up in that location on the 29th and the 30th. And uh, I hope that a lot of you have had the opportunity to see James, but if you haven't, please, please go ahead and make a chance to make, get a chance. And to I always it. like to mention this too, the listeners that listen to us, you know, if you show up at any of those shows, if you bring me some food, I will not be offended. Uh, well, <laughs> and if, if you're, and if you're that woman that made mm-hmm. us that sweet potato cobbler, will you please get some more back to James? <laughs> yeah. and, and James, I was they looking, I was looking at your schedule. You're not going to be back in our area to May, but we are looking forward to that, and I hope we're all vaccinated up and ready to go with the full house That's again. That's right. Come well, see I will us. tell you this. If you ever want me in that studio live, I'll be there. It don't have to be, I don't have to wait till I get to May. I, I know where Birmingham is. Okay. <laughs> you like to fly over here, right? <laughs> I will drive. <laughs> it's a short trip. It'll give me something to do. So it's always a pleasure to be with you guys, even if I have to make a special trip to be with you guys. Yeah, well, we, we may call you. Uh, thanks for being with us, James. Always fun. Always fun. And thanks. Well, thank uh, you. And, you, and you both look so good, too. I'm so impressed. Thank you. You, too. I think we're all aging well. <laughs> I uh, think it's the camera and the light. Yeah, probably is. That's it. And they're trying to get us to start wearing makeup. So, uh, James Gregory, Funniest Man in America. Uh, be sure and check his website, funniestman.com. And thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.